0: With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a
1: great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession.
0: Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it.
1: I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Wait
0: a minute, wait, 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 wait. Episode 499. This is 499.
1: 499.
0: Wow, that that actually means that here's the reminder, here's the heads up, Friday we will have episode 500 of this podcast and it will not be available Friday morning because we were doing it as a live stream Friday afternoon. It'll be 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific live streaming on YouTube Mm -hmm. with audio from the board that you're hearing right now. So we will (laughs) be live streaming. We'll be taking questions. We're going to be talking about many of you have already sent in. We love this. Many of you have sent in your emails about your favorite podcast episodes and why there are a lot. Yeah. So that's really cool to have that. We'll be talking about the show in general at large, taking questions, car and non-questions. It's going to be really, really cool. There's so much coming for that. I don't even know how long it's going to be. I really don't. We're just going to start
1: and go. (laughs) Ten hours later, our voices are
0: shot. We're croaking. We've each taken separate bathroom and and food breaks. (laughs) We're we're going to keep going.
1: No, it's not going to be like that. (laughs) We just order pizza. Mm -hmm. It's delivered while we're live streaming. All right. Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Massive thanks to our season six sponsors. You've heard it before. Covercraft is our presenting sponsor for season six. Big thanks to them. And Griot's Garage, Car Care, and Haggerty. Hope you've gotten a chance to hear the Haggerty interview. Hopefully, uh, we're going to plan on getting Nick from Griot's Garage back on the podcast Looks here shortly. Like it, yeah. Looks like Not it, yeah. promising anything yet because it's just, we're still trying to figure out schedules right now. Totally, Everybody's yeah. really busy, but we're, uh, we're wanting to get him back on and uh, somebody from Covercraft, too. So, yeah, thanks to those sponsors, and you can use the code every day for 10% off. And now at Griot's Garage, you can get 15% off liquids and 10% off yeah, the, everything the, else, which is cool. The discount
0: with the everyday code, the code hasn't changed, still every day. But with that discount code, if you're buying a liquid, it's now 15% off, which is
1: really, really cool. Yeah, very so generous. They're again.
0: being generous to us and to you guys. We will also be giving away something from GRIOS during the Podcast 500 we're still yeah, out. Probably, yeah. here's how that'll probably work. It'll probably work where we're going to do the thing on Instagram and Facebook where it's guess the mileage. Well, we're going to do we we it. We'll start we're it podcasting. while we're podcasting. Yeah. So that'll be when we introduce that. That'll happen for that cool giveaway. There's a lot coming. We're still shooting season seven. In fact, we will have just gotten back from a season seven shoot when Mm -hmm. we do podcast five. We are cramming it into this this whole week. It's really exciting. It's starting to get busy.
1: Everything you and I have been talking about Mm -hmm. that has been in the planning mode is now starting to come to fruition. So we're very excited about that. And we've got a really interesting topic Tuesday that is a question from 86 Croissant, Deca (laughs) Tars. Got it. Yep. That's the handle. And he or she, we're not sure. Asks about cars that you forgot existed, mm-hmm. or never knew about, or it sure. could be the most obscure cars too. And you can put your own rules to it. You okay. can yep. you can do whatever you want. You could have gone all the way back to, you know, the Alvas from you know the 30s wow. or 40s. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. It just I, I had a little bit of my own rules and uh, interestingly, you had your own rules. The we ones will also that came
0: up, up very different. I have no doubt. We'll I wind think up so. On totally
1: different list. Funny enough, the ones that came most to my mind. Were forgotten for a reason. Funny enough, because I'm looking okay. at my list, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I, I blocked that out of my memory for a reason. <laughs> and they were mostly from growing up because okay, when I was sure. so into cars, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of am now. It, it it has continued, yes. But as it was, I guess, developing early childhood, all the cars that I started to notice, you know, the headlights and taillights mm-hmm. and design mm-hmm. and all this stuff it kind of comes from all that. So it's kind of interesting, like nineties and eighties cars and very, very weird list. Very, cool. very, very cool. cool list.
0: Well, I only have a few, I think I've only got like six on my list total, but I, I tried to go with ones that were almost recent enough that you might see one on the road, but I can't remember the last time I did. Mm, okay. And then I have a couple that are more in the supercar realm that I'm like, do you remember this car? Oh, nice. So I've got a few. It, it's a good mix. I, I decided to not go too classic because I feel like there's a breaking point where you get classic enough where we don't remember 90% of them. Uh huh. Yeah. Unless it's unless it's a classic muscle car or something obvious, you know, something obvious for everything else is just like, what is that when you see one? So I try to not go too far back. Okay. But I did go back into the '90s and got a few that I think are going to be
1: fun. So this is exciting. We've also got Dan in Columbia, South Carolina, who wants us to talk him out of a hot hatch. Okay. He's stationed with the Air Force in Columbia, and he's been listening to the podcast. Dan, thank you so much. Yeah, very cool. He's had hot hatches and all the usual suspects come to his mind as he's been shopping, but he wants us to suggest other things for a low budget, about eight or nine grand, somewhere in there. So we're excited to, uh, to jump into that too. debate. Yeah, well, ton of questions online, and yes, the podcast after this one will be even more questions. Todd and I are opening Podcast 500 up to Pretty much any question, totally. Cars, not cars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about steeplechase, so don't ask me about steeplechase. Or <laughs> somebody, I, see, I don't know.
0: But now you've done it because now there's going to be no one's <laughs> going to ask that question until now. There's going to be a steeplechase question for yeah, some unknown reason. Not yeah. sure. Anyway, so but uh, everything's on the table, which will be very exciting. Yeah. Come on, it's five hundred podcasts Can't of you believe, and I uh, talking. So we we're going to just all all bets are off. I, I think brace yourself. My son <laughs> and my parents are planning on listening. Oh, you're serious. Which I don't I don't anticipate doing anything different. As a result, we are as family-friendly as we're going to get. We can't get more family-friendly, but <laughs> I know that anything I say will come back to me at some point. Yes. So anyway,
1: we'll see. Huh. I wonder if my family's going to jump on. Anyway, all right. <laughs> well, let's jump into the topic Tuesday. It is the top 10 list or any length of list of cars you forgot existed. We've brought a few up on the show in the past, and I've mentioned a couple Two. that are back Two. on my list as a matter of fact. And then it's weird because we see him out in media. We see them mentioned or, you know, come across something like, oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, I blocked it out of my memory and I'm going to put it back in that dark sure. hole of you sure. know, forgetfulness. But there's some that, there, there's actually one in particular that I want to talk about that is forgotten, but it's strangely enough, it it has its place and I'll explain what I mean. So, all right, we'll jump in with one, jump in with something interesting. Well, one of the things I tried to do was ones that the the difficulty
0: with doing this for you and I, and for most of you listening is I'm not sure if we're going to say much stuff you haven't heard of because as enthusiasts is what we do. We dig in and we find the weird thing and we don't want to be surprised by a car we've never seen. We want to, Oh, I remember seeing one of these before. We don't, we kind of want to have car knowledge, so the sure, car enthusiast world. Sure. There'll be a few I mentioned. You're like, oh yeah, of course. But I wanted to start here. The XR4Ti.
1: Remember this? <laughs> we were just talking about this as a matter of fact.
0: Late 80s, early 90s. It was an adaptation of the Ford Sierra in Europe. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Sold in the U.S., it was a three-door hatch, front-engine, rear-wheel drive, made yeah. by Ford of Europe. Championed for the U.S. market by Bob Lutz of all people. I didn't know that. So I remember, and I don't know why, but I remember when they first sold this, I was of an age where I was just barely driving or just about to be driving. I was right, right in that like, early years of driving. Okay. And I remember I saw one at an auto show, and it was one of the rare times I took the brochure because it was like, <laughs> what is that thing? And I was fascinated by the fact here was a little car with European roots and a three door hatch that looked unique. Okay. And those things in their time were kind of hot.
1: They were little turbos, they were, and they, they were. were
0: unique, and it was totally a lift the car out of Europe, drop it in the U.S., see how it sells. The answer is not well. It didn't go well, <laughs> but when's the last time you saw – that was kind of my banner for this. When's the last time you saw a Merker XR4 Ti?
1: A buddy of mine in college had one, early okay. college. Right, I was going to right, Colorado yeah. State. We were both in smart classes, Yeah, yeah. and he ended up getting one okay. that okay. – we ended up road tripping in for a little bit and, and the turbo saved that car Mm -hmm. because there is a little piece of knowledge that I know about that car. That block was also used in the Ford Pinto. Mm. That engine block in that XR4 TI is also the same block. Now it's turbocharged. And that's why I say the turbo saves that car. Also the styling and, everything else about it. But you know what I yeah. mean?
0: It was it was also kind of a nod to that great Ford Cosworth with the crazy fins that we didn't get here. It was kind of yes. a nod to that. It was it was yes. very cool in its own weird way. You just don't see him. I, you never see him. I mean,
1: that was honestly the last time I, I saw one, and I think he dinged a curb, and then the car wasn't worth anything. So it just went away. I'm thinking, oh, man. What's going to happen with all of
0: these is we're going to get emails, and I welcome them. We're going to get emails that are about, my neighbor has a, or, oh, the last time I saw one of those was last week, or I'm commuting today listening to this podcast, <laughs> and there's one in front of me. That's going to to totally. too, so
1: yeah. All right, well, the first one on my list is the 1992 GMC Typhoon. Okay. This is the SUV yeah. version of yeah. the Cyclone that was the all-wheel drive, turbocharged, I think the genesis of where we are today with hot SUVs. Interesting. Name okay. me an SUV prior to the Typhoon okay. that was turbocharged, designed to do nothing else than tow odd- a couple of kayaks. <laughs> And go quickly. <laughs> and go quickly, and it was all-wheel drive. Because now mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. recipe is universal. That's what everybody's doing. That's Almost every That's manufacturer makes one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One. Lotus, I mean, shoot, we're hearing Ferraris, you know, <laughs> considering this because Lotus, the Urus yeah, all is out. Above. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, so an sure, all-wheel yeah. drive, turboed or very high horsepower SUV. And, and then you think, well... Why does it need to go fast? It's an SUV. It's my Jimmy. Mm-hmm. It's my you know. It's my yeah. Chevy S10. Or you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. Why does that need all-wheel drive and need to go fast? I'll, I'll just get a sports car. But that was the genesis. But I think. here we are now. Correct yeah. me if I'm yeah, yeah. wrong, but you
0: don't see typhoons anymore. Good point. Well, I think Jay Leno has one of each. I think he has a Typhoon and a Cyclone. What was the...
1: Jay Leno has one of each. Of, of course. Name all the of the above Insert weird things. He probably here. has
0: an XR4 Ti probably. and most of the rest of the things on my list. What was the other thing? Was it the Shogun that was the Fiesta that was made rear-wheel drive with a V6 or whatever? Yes. He has one of those. I mean, he has yes. everything.
1: It's like Ford uh, does the Renault R5 turbo yes, thing. Yes, Which is not on my list, by the way, because I, I think hated the Le Car. Two. Ugh. I'm <laughs> not I, a fan of the look. No, okay. they were in my neighborhood, and I hated that thing because it was so dumb looking. Another thing that I'm like, remember
0: this, and I actually kind of like the styling, and I feel like I've, I haven't seen one in years. Second generation Ford Probe.
1: Okay. I actually thought it okay. was a
0: good looking car. The
1: name was not.
0: That's a whole separate problem. Yeah. But I thought the first gen Ford Probe looked terrible. Yeah. Okay. But the second no. gen, I thought, looked like a really good Stands a test of time design. Yeah, it was coming and around I to be I a sports car. I haven't seen one in forever. That's good. I feel like one of the years, I feel like maybe the first year we ran lemons, I feel like there was one then.
1: Was there in uh, in one of the races? In
0: Tacoma, but that's been years uh-huh. ago now. And of course, it was a le- perfect lemons car because I'm sure they got it for like a I'll take that off your hands price. You know, yeah. if, I get it, if I get it out of the weeds of your yard, will you let me have it? And the answer was probably yes. <laughs> if I can I get it onto the flatbed. Seriously, I can't remember the last time I saw a second-gen Ford Probe. And remember, while we're thinking about the history of it, that car was originally supposed to replace the Mustang.
1: That's right. That's right. So then Ford
0: didn't replace the Mustang and release the Ford Probe as a front-wheel drive. It should Certainly by the second-gen, it should have been rear-wheel drive. It looked, looked like it should have been a rear-wheel it, drive it car.
1: absolutely appears and that way. And then it way. died, yeah. Hmm. Well, the, the car that I had mentioned before is not a performance car. It is the 1987 to 1993 Cadillac Elante. Mm. When was the last time you saw one of these
0: things? Wasn't that the car that they promoted during Robin Williams movie Cadillac man? Wasn't that the thing? Was it? I think it was. I think it's the last time I've seen one was you're kidding me.
1: Yeah. Well, here's my issue with the Alante. Oh, just one. Okay, please. It is a Pininfarina design. Sure. Technically. Yeah. 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 Which means when you go to the Italian car shows, it is theoretically eligible <laughs> to enter. <laughs> so, and this happened at the Ferrari concourse in Pebble beach. I was hoping so. Yeah. At one of the Concours, And I just, this was years ago and I, I walked in and I thought, all right, Italian awesomeness. I love it. I love it. And then I looked over and there was a row of Alantes. I'm going, What is that thing doing here? Oh, no. Don't tell me you got a technicality. You know what this says to me is we could do a YouTube series on this. And I want to say if somebody else does it, (laughs) then know that it started here. A YouTube (laughs) series,
0: which is you figure out the weird technicality car you can take to the really high-end snooty car shows, and you just keep showing up with a really ratty version of the thing that does qualify.
1: So that's not Radwood. That's a different category. It's a different thing than Radwood. It's close it, could, to, it could catch on like that. I Rad will acknowledge.
0: I will acknowledge. The closest thing I can think of that's been done with that was the uh, the Top Gear guys originally did it with Alfa Romeos, and they towed okay. one of them onto the lawn. You remember that? They had oh, three yeah. Alphas, oh, and they had the one that they had to tow in the middle with the tow strap covered up, Oh my god! And they gosh, towed it on right. the lawn, and then of course I know the car the car trek thing just happened, and they did something. They basically got cars in that shouldn't have gotten in. But I'm talking about what your point, not bring a ratty version of the brand we're covering. I'm talking about the car that shouldn't qualify and still does. Is <laughs> funny. That's really okay. funny. You show up at the gate where well that, the car park is over there for the. Oh
1: wait, you qualify. <laughs> I like that. Alantes are in. There's an Italian car show, and you see an Alante. Just, just sigh, just I like it. I like it.
0: Uh, here's another one I haven't seen in forever: Civic Del Sol. Oh, you're Was right. The last time you saw one of those, and they were honestly, they were and are cool. That seems like a lemons. I've car. seen them
1: at lemons. I've seen them not in any of our lemons races, mm-hmm. but just online, and you know when yeah. the. The promoters have totally, yeah, yeah, shown yeah. videos or whatever. I've seen them in there, and I think, oh, yeah, that rear window
0: rolled down. But I almost feel like Lemons doesn't qualify. I mean, my my question on all of these, I mean, again, I saw a Ford probe there, is when's the last time you saw one of these on the road? Like somebody's car is a XR4 Ti or a Civic Del Sol. Mm. Somebody somebody is writing right now about their neighbor who has a Civic Del Sol, or maybe you do, but I haven't <laughs> seen one in forever. Wow. Cool little car. I mean, it was when Honda was making all kind. sorry, yeah, Honda was making all kinds of – interesting cars i mean they had the prelude of that same era they had a, a, that was the back end of the s2000 they were making a lot of cool cars in that era and here's the civic del sol which is the you know the civic body but it had that really cool automated top it
1: was, it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah, in it its was, time. Actually. yeah that's funny yeah the small cars of that era crxs, mm-hmm. CRXs yeah, yeah. were cool Yeah, so, yeah, yeah they, they ran were. forever yeah, yeah for sure I've got the 1985 to 1991 Subaru XT on my list. Mm. It looks like a sports car. It is not really a sports car. It's okay. the wedge, the doorstop. Yeah, yeah. The blocky, angular, <laughs> I think they designed it with a chainsaw or carved it out of a block of ice. But the Subaru XT always kind of captured me because I thought, hey, that's a sport. Is that a sports car? Is it- <laughs> are, are, uh, we, are we qualifying that as a sports mm, car? It seems pretty <laughs> economical in a... Wedgie doorstop shape that looks sporty, but I guess yeah. not. Hmm. Like, but it was from the future. It looked so cool. It had pop-up headlights. It was so cool. It's in that same design
0: ethos as the uh, the Fiat X19. Oh, yes. It's in the similar yes, era and similar design where we're all doing super hu- futuristic things. Anyway. I mean,
1: the SVX could be on the list, too.
0: Yes, it could. That is a weird, it heavy, is a weird. It,
1: it not good car. It
0: does not perform like it looks. I think it still looks great. I was always fascinated by those things, but I, I unfortunately never heard
1: anything really like, good yeah. about them. Unfortunately, yeah. And somebody has had one. I know somebody no, listening has had sure, one for sure,
0: for sure, yeah, or maybe more than one. Here's one. When I was first, like the first time I ever worked on a set, the commercial director from the Dallas area had just been given one of these because he was their up and coming director and they, he had a terrible car. He was young. He was up and coming director. They gave him one of these as they were like, you need to have a decent car. First time I ever saw one. And Uh-oh. I have rarely seen one since Oh, the Mazda millennia. Oh yes. Remember that? Yes, I do. This was part of Mazda's attempt to go up market. And some of them are even branded as the Amati, which was Mazda's attempt to make a Lexus brand. Mazda's attempt to make a
1: upper-level brand. I Wow. I remember a Mahdi being tossed around as a potential thing, but were they actually branded that? Did, I have seen some branded that. Really? Way. I don't know if that's an
0: aftermarket thing, but I remember when I first saw one, this guy had one, and it was uh, actually branded as a Mazda Millennium. I was like, what on earth is this? And then later years, I remember seeing them, and it would actually set a Mahdi on some of the badging.
1: So now the acronym is always Mazda answer the is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They they did just take the, the, it it is a word jumble with the word Miata. That is really what it is. It's it's terrible. Yeah. it just mixed up the letters. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah. When's the last time you saw a Mazda millennia? This was, Mm. yeah. uh, Yeah. This was their attempt to go up market. Wow. Little sedan from Mazda.
1: You know, it's interesting because everybody is now seeing as of this recording Mazda with their six. Releasing some, well, I don't know that Mazda we'll has, but just we'll some, yeah. some beautiful renderings of Mazda going back after a larger rear wheel drive uh, car market yes. span. Wow. If they drop Talk about into gorgeous. if they make the
0: Mazda six, this is the rumor, if they make the Mazda six a car in that midsize area that happens to be rear wheel drive, oh. what this means is we're about to do a big comparo of these kind of cars like the Civic and the Sonata and mm-hmm. the the Camry. We're about to do a thing for television about all of those. If the new Mazda six comes out in that price point, rear wheel drive, it'll mm-hmm. have the class to itself. Or yeah. is it gonna go a little upmarket and compete with the 3 Series and the Julia and the, the Genesis, which are almost the same price. It, it's a really interesting place for them to oh, be. I man. hope they do. I'd love to see Mazda do that. But this is the rumor
1: right now. It's a total rumor. I'd love to see them do the Genesis thing where maybe the entry-level, quote-unquote, model could be had with a manual transmission. Mm. Or maybe the sport version of it. And Mazda is so well positioned and known to bring manuals to enthusiasts. True, true, true. They could do that with that car. Can you imagine? It'd be interesting. A manual I'm, even if we'll it's see. not the base model. Okay, it's got turbo power and it's a manual transmission, beautiful sedan, and then maybe, you know, you can get it with the automatic something up here in a higher trim level or something. I the don't
0: rumor know. goes further though. The rumor goes so far as to say it's going to be a straight six rear wheel drive. Even better. And I. Bring that. Let me. I'm just going to put this out here because I don't know if it's going to happen. We're fully in a rumor mill. But what would the irony be like (laughs) for Toyota? Pretty much biggest car maker in the world to say we don't want to spend the money. We can't spend the money to make a new straight six engine. And then Mazda goes and
1: does it. Hmm. Now we don't know where that six would be from. We're assuming it would be built and engineered and designed by Mazda. But theoretically, yes. Who knows? They they could also partner
0: with BMW. Who knows they partner with others? BMW's like not selling as
1: many cars, but engines? Man. We're pulling pulling straight
0: sixes off the shelf and giving them to everybody, (laughs) yeah.
1: I've got the 1989 to 1991 Chrysler TC by Maserati as the prime example of how to sully a luxury name, Mm. a performance car with long history. That is the best way, short of a Cadillac Cimarron, but doing that, the TC by Maserati, nobody really knew what to do with this car. It was terrible.
0: I, I will say that Maserati has done plenty of things to damage their own name.
1: I suppose so. I know yeah, you're the fan yeah. now, but they've done plenty of stuff. Well, their I'm, own I'm name. like a fan of a little bit of their product line, yes, and then but, their future product line. I'm so, I'm a fan of. Yeah, but there, wasn't
0: this five minutes in which Chrysler owned a large percentage of Maserati, I and so they made that, that and and yeah. But see, there's an example. There's an example of what we're talking about. <laughs> if somebody has a Maserati Ferrari show, you could show up in that car.
1: Oh, that's awful.
0: Think about that. Oh, that's for a an second. awful thought. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're, you're arguing, oh, there's you're arguing there at, the, at the gate with the guy in the blazer who's got the clipboard. are like, no, it, it, quali- it absolutely qualifies. Totally. Look at the badge in the back. You're Look. having him bring other guys in. you get into a big argument about it. You know,
1: See the etching in the glass quarter opera window, that Maserati We trident? would have
0: far too much fun doing that. But oh anyway, my yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. What else you got? The millennia made me think of this. And then after this, I have two more that are much more in the I can't afford these, but they're interesting. The millennia made me think of this. I feel like the modern-day Mazda millennia is a car we actually do bring up on this podcast, and I see them occasionally, and I always turn my head. Suzuki Kazashi. Oh, yeah. It has a very similar styling and scale to that Mazda millennia. Still pretty, yeah. It was... Suzuki's attempt to make a little bit bigger four-door sedan I think the styling of them, of them is great they have a solid all-wheel drive system in the winter they come out here in Utah I still see like one or two a year <laughs> but they're not common and and they they don't look like anything else and my question is to all of us when's the last time you saw one you actually saw a Suzuki Kizashi that car is only like five years old maybe ten at the most
1: mm, yeah, yeah. And they vanished because Suzuki vanished as a car right owner. interesting well, I've got the car that really made the most impact on me as an up-and-coming, growing, young car enthusiast. Okay. It was The 1985 Chrysler Laser and Dodge Daytona. Amazingly enough, my uncle had a friend named John Park, who was also a medical doctor, like my uncle. Okay. John Park ended up moving to Park City. I oh, have interesting. never found him. I don't know if he still lives here. I don't interesting. know if he's still around. All right. All right. Both of these guys were best friends, my uncle and John Park. They were medical doctors, and they flew on Orbis, the flying eye hospital. They did a stint Mm. on that flying around the world, conducting surgeries, and they had the exploits of, I mean, they've got stories like you wouldn't believe. I could only imagine, yeah. But he was this flashy young single doctor, and he got the Chrysler laser. Maybe it was Mm. the Daytona. I don't know, but it was turbocharged. I didn't know what a turbo was. I didn't know what that felt like. And he said, you want to go for a ride? And I came outside and what looked to my eye like this low, beautiful, crazy looking car. It's not, it's not that great looking. (laughs) It's really not that great at anything, but (laughs) the proportions are really off. The windows are too tall in that era though, you know, but to my eye, I was just going, "What?" Let's, Interesting. can we have a ride? And so he showed me it had a, a boost gauge in there and he just, Oh my gosh. So we took off and he, it just made it such an impression. So the Chrysler laser, it was, I'm, I'm looking at man. it and just reminiscing. Cause you're right. When's the last time you saw one of those? You just don't
0: see him. I have to leave this discussion, at least for me personally with two supercars. Okay. Okay. One, I think I've only ever seen once and it was parked at a thing like Pebble beach. Okay. And the other is a car that, Many of you will have heard of, but I will go ahead and play my hand, and that one is a car that, if I had stupid money, this is where it goes. Mm. But the first one to talk about is a Ciseta, the Cizetta the
1: V16T. Oh yeah, the Maroder Chiseta. Yes, Marauder. Yes, this was. It, it, oh, if you yes. want to see
0: an alt twist on the Lamborghini Diablo, it's this car. It was the same designer. It, it was. Well, it's. it's, fact, it's wasn't I'll it? go you one further. It's Gandini. Marcello Gandini. Yes, it's Gandini. Marcello Gandini. So he does all of these classic Lamborghinis and crazy things, and then Lamborghini gets sold to Chrysler, and they take his Diablo design, and they soften it a bit and release it as the Diablo. He gets pissed off, gets with a bunch of other people. They make the V16 version that adheres to his original design. You can look at it next to a Diablo. and It looks a lot like a Diablo, but it's a V6. That's not just the name. It's a V16 Oh, my gosh. It was like $700,000 in the 90s. It was sold in the early Unbelievable. 90s. That's they right. They made a dozen of them. There are a dozen of them out there. If you look fast, you go, oh, it's a Diablo. Oh, it's the Diablo concept. No, no. It's a different car with a different engine from a different company. Short of going all the way back
1: to the, the Packard era, mm-hmm. I'm having trouble thinking of another car besides Bugatti doing V16. Cadillac did a V16 back in that, but that's that era though. That's that. Well, way yeah, back going era. back to the Packard, yeah. Duesenberg, Cadillac yeah. era. But yeah, yeah.
0: V16 is astounding. Seriously. So that is a V16 Diablo. It is even squatter and wider than. It's crazy looking, but it does look like somebody did riff on a on a on a Diablo. I've never seen one move. I've only seen it sit on the lawn at the place <laughs> like Pebble Beach, and that was once. Unbelievable. And I, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, there's a dozen of them out there. Wow, that's great. All right, well, we all talk about the E39 M5 as being sort of the holy grail, four-door sedan, hot, naturally aspirated, manual transmission BMW. Does anybody remember the 540i version of that? Mm. That was also really fast. And I remember yes. reading reviews on it. Yes. And all the reviewers were going, this is Fast Mm -hmm. and awesome, and the M5 is great and all, but you want to save some money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the E39 540i with the manual. I love the wheels. Mm -hmm. I actually Mm -hmm. liked it because it was even more stealth. It didn't look quite so over the top. Yeah, every reviewer is just amazed at this car. The 540i from that era, the 90s to early 2000s. That's good. You're right. I
0: can't remember the last time I saw one of those. Yeah. Last one for you. Do you have more, too? I've got one last story here. Good, good. Well, here's the last one for me, and this is honestly, if I had stupid money, no, if I had really stupid money, I'd buy a Pagani Wyra, not because I think it's the best car ever, but because I think that is a car that lives up to its price tag.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: If Inside you look at it, out, you think, yeah. Yeah. Somebody hard. says $2 million, you go, I see it. I see where it went. But stupid money to buy a car that doesn't make much sense, uh, this is my car. And many of you know it. It's the Jaguar XJ220. Oh, yes. Now, yes. my question is, when's the last time you saw one of these? But let me tell you the quick story Crazy. of this. This was Jaguar shooting for the upper level of supercardom, they were thinking Bugatti Veyron before Bugatti Veyron. They were shooting yes, for the for the yes. end of everything, and the whole reason for the name, the XJ220, was because it was supposed to go 220. Okay, mm-hmm. that was the that was the target 220 miles an hour. supposed to be a V12 all wheel drive, and a bunch of people saw it in the late 80s when it was first premiered and put down their big deposit. Yeah, and then there is a downturn, economic downturn, and a lot of people pull their deposits. And they had emission pro- emissions problems with the V12. And it becomes a rear-wheel drive, turbocharged, six-cylinder. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, for a brief moment, had the fastest production car record around the Nürburgring and the fastest production car top speed. It was almost like 217, almost that 220 figure with that turbo V6. So it's not like, wah, wah, the car got slow. No, no. Quite fast.
1: They are boats. They are huge. It, it cars. just didn't have the recipe that everybody exactly. thought. It wasn't all-wheel drive. It was V12. still fast. Yes, exactly. It just didn't have a V twelve allure.
0: I want one of these. I just want one of these. I know and, you do. And there's and there's a company in England that takes them and makes them drive like they should have because they didn't end up driving all that well. But that Nurburgring record interesting. They did like a seven forty five in the early nineties, which is fast period today. So. Um, Yeah, when's the last time you saw an XJ220? I see one about once every couple of years at various auto shows. It is a car very dependent upon color and wheels because I feel like all of them are silver with the big coaster wheels. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's fine, but when you put like nice modern wheels on it and you paint it a color, I'm sorry, I still think it's one of the best looking cars ever. It has sensual surfaces on there. They're just beautiful. And it is genuinely massive. Yeah. It's a huge, it's, it's like almost feels like it's a suburban link, but it's a sports car.
1: But then you get inside and you're like, oh yeah, right. Uh-huh. The nineties. Yay. I remember the nineties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> See, this is why it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but man, they're cool. My only connection to that car. I agree. They're beautiful. My connection to that car. I've told this story before, so I'll tell it very briefly again. And that I heard when I interned at Ford, made friends mm-hmm. with a clay modeler there who was, a lot older. He was close to retirement and had seen and heard everything going on at Ford. Okay. And this was the era when Ford owned Jaguar. Yeah. That car was developed. Yeah. Yeah. They dismantled and destroyed XJ220 serial number 0001 mm-hmm. to build the 1995 Ford GT90 concept. Oh. That car is actually an XJ220 bones underneath. And he said they threw the discarded parts in a corner and... And everybody there was weeping that this happened. And he said, I'm half tempted to take those parts home. I think people did, actually. They just took them out of the building and took them home. Because he was so distraught over the serial number one, Mm. XJ220, being destroyed to make what some people have called the greatest-looking GT I don't think it looks that great personally, and I don't know where it is. Probably in the Ford ar- archives. Probably. Well, there's only Collecting like dust.
0: 275 or 250, 275, less than 300 XJ220s in the world. Some of them were race cars. They're so cool. They're, they're inexplicably cool. I just have a thing for them. And, I, and here's the other thing that's crazy about it. I didn't first see one until the early 2000s. Mm. When I first saw one, I was like, okay, hang on, full stop. What is that? Mm. Yeah. And now they just haunt me. And their terrible 80s interior, but yeah. Amazing.
1: All right, last car for me is the 1992 to 1997 Infiniti J30. Yeah. Also known as the Nissan Leopard. When's the last time you saw one of those? You just don't. Yeah. That was a styling era, too, that looked like the, the rock tumbler, the polished rock tumbler era. It's <laughs> a description, yeah. And you think, okay, where's the, the clean, you know sharp, defining characteristic line of this car doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But the reason I bring that up was because there was one that was seared into my mind. Oh, okay. That I showed you a photo of, and maybe Mm -hmm. I'll post this photo sometime. You should
0: should definitely post it. Yeah.
1: It was owned by a man named Harry Bentley Bradley and Harry is very well known and connected with the beginnings of hot wheels. Okay. He worked on as a designer, hot wheels and worked for hot wheels and Mattel in the late sixties and pretty much set them on the course to where Mm -hmm. they are now. As a matter of fact, he left because he didn't think he'd go anywhere.
0: Interesting.
1: Harry is in his 80s now. He used to be an instructor at art center and he was a a fine art and transportation design instructor there. I never had him as an instructor, but Harry also suffered from polio as a child and had the arm crutches and he got around, he Mm. was paralyzed from the waist down. So he had his infinity J 30 modified to look very much like a hot wheels car. If you know whose car it is, there's only one car that looked like that. Interesting. I don't know why he picked the J 30, but he liked the shape and then he customized it to look like this goofy looking Hot Wheels car. Uh. It makes sense if you know whose car it is, like I said. Sure, sure, sure. If yeah, you yeah. don't, you just you go and what? That's that's What's some real taste there. there. <laughs> okay, man. But Harry was known and I, I've heard horror stories, I never experienced this myself. I'm afraid of Harry. Okay. <laughs> because Harry is a legend in car design. One of the original people that founded Hot Wheels and made Hot Wheels what it is today. That, that's it. just like, you know, this cloak of royalty okay. in car design. Matter of fact, a lot of car designers go to Hot Wheels. They go to Mattel mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. work for Hot Wheels. Okay. And so because he had polio and had the arm crutches, if he didn't like your work, your, your newly created artwork that you mm-hmm. sweated and strained over to create and put your heart and soul in, he would take the tip of his crutch and tear it off the wall. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's and tell you to do it again or do it better or Man. pretty much tear your ego right to shreds. I never saw this happen. Wow. I just heard about it. I'm afraid of Harry. I'm afraid of Harry to this day. <laughs> but wow. it just, it made you want to do better. If he didn't do that to your work, you, you were like, oh my gosh, I think my art is decent. I'll I'll give you one more. I'm Scary. actually You're
0: making me look him up. And so looking looked him up. Did you know he designed the Wienermobile? Mobile?
1: Yes, he did the Wienermobile, Mobile too. That's also amazing. <laughs> I mean, the guy is legendary That's as far amazing, as car honestly, design, yeah. just the weight yeah, yeah. of history and what we know and all this stuff. So he he did a lot of different things, was a longtime instructor. Many designers have had mm. Harry Bradley as an instructor. Wow. And again, he he had this Infinity J thirty with a weird fin on the back and side pipes and moon discs and Interesting. It was just weird looking. So I'll have to put Post that photo sometime. But you're right. Even without all that, when's the last time you saw one of those? Yeah, exactly. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. In fact, many of Griot's first customers were
0: collector cars displayed at Pebble Beach. And they're a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, Paul learned his crazy certified Paul-owned car care style directly from Griot's.
1: We've used Griot's Garage car care products on our own cars for over 20 years and we wouldn't use anything else. If you're wondering how to get going, they offer free training and techniques through their videos and their website and starter kits that will help your car look its best.
0: Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all the liquid products are made right here in the USA. They offer a 100% lifetime guarantee, so give them a try.
1: When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, you can now use the code Everyday for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Dan in Columbia, South Carolina, writes to us to talk him out of a hot hatchback. Okay. He's currently stationed in Columbia with the Air Force as an aircraft mechanic. He found the podcast about a year ago, and he listens on his commute every day. Dan, cool. thanks for listening. Yeah, very cool. He's gone back and listened to all the episodes from the beginning. Keep wow. in mind that this is 4 99 Yes. So here's his deal. His current car is a 96 Civic with 250,000 miles, and he hates it. <laughs> all <laughs> okay. right. Well, this is why we're here. Let, let's solve this. He bought it four years ago and put about 20,000 miles a year on it. He bought it to be super reliable and economical after mm-hmm. the O2 WRX he had while stationed in Alaska gave him a lot of issues. Interesting. Okay, all right. For the first couple of years, a car that runs indefinitely gets 40 miles a gallon seems like a fair trade for 100 crank horsepower <laughs> and enough body roll, he says, to make the guys from Deadliest Catch seasick. I
0: love the fact that he, he went total pendulum swing. Because mm-hmm. I, I suspect... That you liked the WRX when it ran,
1: yeah, true. And because
0: your headspace here clearly on the Civic was it just needs to run, Uh all it needs to do is run. And I also find it funny that he's a mechanic for the Air Force. (laughs) True, there's a bit of irony. So not only did it not run, but it ran badly enough that he didn't want to work on it at all either.
1: It's just out. (laughs) The WRX is gone. Work on the aircraft. I
0: want a Civic that just runs and never
1: (laughs) asks me for a thing. (laughs) All right, so. He'd like to get something immediately, but he's willing to wait for the right car. Okay. He's looking for a car to commute in 35 miles each way to work, mostly highway-style driving on country roads. Okay. He takes some twisties on weekends, twisty roads. He's a fan of light and agile cars. He can drive hard without getting in too much trouble. Sure. Okay, good. His only real need for the car is enough cargo room for his hockey gear and maybe a mountain bike, but he can get a rack, so get a rack. Mm -hmm. Gas mileage isn't a huge concern. He'd prefer at least 25 to 30 on the highway. choices might not quite qualify, but, you know. (laughs) But it's it's not his primary concern. Yes. He'd like it to be, but it's not the deal breaker at all. Yeah. He's not too worried about passenger space. His wife has an 07 Honda Fit that they use as their road trip and hauler car. That may change depending on what he gets. Stick shift is preferred. He's not set on it. He said, I'm a decent mechanic. Not too worried about high miles. But he doesn't want to be in the garage every weekend fixing stuff. It's like when you meet somebody who's a masseuse and everybody sort of sidles over to him. like... (laughs) Man, I've had my, a rough week. My shoulders. Hey, so you're a masseuse, right? Could you just, like, what do you think of this area right here? Does that feel, does that feel tense to you? It's the last thing they want to do on you're their right. weekends. You're right. Yep. It's like asking a professional chef, like, mm. they chef all the week long yeah. or all weekend long. Yeah. And you're like, I'm really hungry. <laughs> you're a chef.
0: My, my wife has a best friend who owns a restaurant. (laughs) Yes, She's an amazing chef. She's phenomenal. And I have never understood, genuinely never (laughs) understood why she and her boyfriend love to host the holidays so they could cook for everybody.
1: I don't get it either.
0: Because you you want to go to their holiday events. You want to go because the food's amazing. And there's four or five times more of it than the group that came. But I've never understood how when this is a holiday, what you really want to do is cook for everyone you know. I just... I'm thankful. I'm thankful.
1: Just, and when you get the invite from her, yes. you go, you, you immediately you respond, go. but I've never understood. They work so
0: hard and they have a great restaurant with great food. And you would think just to your, what you're saying that the minute you got out of there, it's like, I'm not cooking. <laughs> We're <laughs> no, doing getting. something else for Thanksgiving. And no, they're like, no, no, come over.
1: Oh, her killer. artichoke dip. And then she it's adds killer. the smoked salmon to the artichoke. It, stop, dip. And stop. Stop. It's, yeah. It's, holy There's so a lot of good. stuff going on there. I'm yeah. getting hungry. All right. Now we thought the obvious solution. Dan thought that, I'm thinking I'm going with hot hatch or a small wagon, something like that. Plenty of space for the gear, maybe a passenger or two. And he loves the looks and the do it all kind of. Ethos sure, sure. that sure, these course. cars yeah, Represent. Yeah. So we thought usual suspects, Fiesta STs, GTIs, Mazda, Mazda speed threes. And then he heard us in his head. uh Oh, I'm sorry. Asking. Why are you limiting yourself to a hatch? This is the question. You're right. Which is You're right there. Probably what we'd ask. So he said, all right, fine. He expanded his search to other types of cars, <laughs> and now he's just overwhelmed. He doesn't have any idea what, you know, anything outside of hatches, especially at the price point of $8,000. Nine for me. Mm-hmm. He's being generous. Dan, you thank extra
0: $1,000. That's pretty good at this extra point. $1,000. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Extra yeah.
1: money. So he's stuck on one car a few days, and then he finds a new option, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the cycle continues. He's 100% open to anything we throw at him, as long as it has... Great dynamics, can carry the stuff. He's at our mercy.
0: That's crazy. I'm sorry right now. But anyway, yeah, you're, you're up for anything, which is very cool, Dan. One of the things you said that's very interesting is that you've never owned a rear-wheel drive car. And while looking at hatches, you did want to mention that you will not be buying a MINI. Okay, that 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 your mother in law drives a mini, mm-hmm. your wife doesn't like it, and the last thing she wants is a mini in the driveway to add a talking point. So minis so are out. funny. Now, granted, we were leaving hatches anyway, yes. but I think the interesting thing here also is the fact that you're taking the GTI off the table, an mm-hmm. obvious choice because there are too many of them with the guys you work with. You feel like that's all that's in the parking lot. <laughs> says
1: there's six of them
0: at his job. So anyway, so all right, that, those are the only two that are off the table. But everything else you said, bring it. And I have to say right away, Dan, if you have not owned rear-wheel drive, mm-hmm. this is your moment. Yeah. I think that's the key thing here. And I want to go ahead and say it because all of us are saying it. it I have other things. But yes, you could go buy a Miata. <laughs> yes. You're, you're in South Carolina. You could buy a rear-wheel drive Miata. You could enjoy it. Done.
1: But then there's other things here too. All you have to do is cut a small hole in the top of the Miata and then sew a grommet in that hole, so you stick your hockey stick up through the roof, through the grommet, and then you're good. I, maybe you could put a rubber cap on it for the rain
0: or something. That, I don't passenger know. seats are fine. Plus, have you ever you've ever seen the NAs? Here's things you haven't seen <laughs> before, uh, for a long time. Have you seen the N A Miatas with the old school 60s style cage on the back uh, trunk oh, yeah. to put your gear on? You can strap your gear to. You see those on the NAs? For some reason, they never went on after the NAs. But I I actually see NAs with that often. Right.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well, Dan, I'm in full agreement. Rear wheel drive. And so you mentioned that your wife has the reliable, dependable car, the fit. And he mentioned he's a mechanic. So now he's in trouble. He's a mechanic. And you've done the reliable thing. I know you still want reliability. (laughs) Okay. But then there's this other side of the planet, the car planet, that is a little bit less reliable, not as good gas mileage. But how much more fun are you having? Okay starting off with the mid two thousands Pontiac GTO. I wouldn't yeah. say it gets good gas mileage. No, I wouldn't say that either. Yeah. But you're going to love how it drives yeah. and you can get them for eight to $9,000. You might have to work hard to find a manual. One of those, you might have to bump it up a little bit. It's but an option though, for sure. Yeah, GTO yeah. V eight. Mm-hmm. You just want to roar around everywhere. I mean, that is a different car mm-hmm. and perfect for the kind of roads that you've got. Yeah. Yeah. Fits your gear road trip. You name it. GTO. You could also go with any C4 Corvette for that kind of money. Big true, rear hatch true, space yeah, yeah. back there. Okay, for all your all your gear. Again, Chevy three hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. manual transmission. Yeah, for yeah, ten yeah. grand, mm-hmm. any C4 Corvette you can get for that money, and throw away all the preconceived notions that you've got about Corvettes. Just leave them behind and go enjoy how much fun this car is to drive. It's just fun. I also thought of 944s. You brought up 944s the mm-hmm. last podcast actually. Did, stuck yes. in my head. But I've got the early 90s Z32 generation Nissan 300ZX on my list. Yeah, unfortunately, the good ones may be out of his budget, but they're really awesome. This this is a struggle. I agree. I'm not saying turbo. Just a regular, well, not the 2 plus 2 either, but just the regular <laughs> 300ZX Z32 generation. Yeah, Could yeah, you yeah. find one that's unmolested? as a starting place kind of where we started our driving careers mm-hmm, you know our mm-hmm. you know we loved cars before but then i had the 928 todd had the 300zx mm-hmm. i'm not saying go get a 928 so that's off the table but a 300zx <laughs> a little bit more reliable you can wrench on them and maybe you could find one in that price range that's unmolested and it's it's interesting because the rear hatch on that car as I recall, had a fair amount of space. Yeah. It was decent. It really was. Yeah, for sure. I, I used it for everything. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking. So you're going older, not as good gas mileage, not as reliable, but more towards the fun. And I think that's what you might be willing to do at this point. You know, you can always go back to Honda. You can yeah, always go get sure. a CRZ sure. and yeah, commute yeah. and it'll run for 250 million zillion miles. But you've done that already. Mm-hmm. So what about a little bit of V8 in your life? I see it. That's good stuff.
0: That's good stuff. I've got a few for you. Since I mentioned Miata, I have to mention this alternative. You could find yourself options in the world of the Saturn Sky or Pontiac Solstice. Those are good. haven't said you want a convertible, but you could get those. Now, the problem is you probably want the GXP or the Saturn is called the Redline, which is the turbo version. Those might break your budget, but if they do, it won't buy much. Mm. So those are out there for mm. sure. But I have a few others I want to I wanna mention. Now, I have to say it because people uh, feel like they aren't listening to this podcast unless I don't say it. I have to bring up the 86 chassis, probably just above your budget for the one you want. I was going to say, want. can you even get one for eight you You're going to be in like, you know, because when you talk, down, light, pool and agile, you talk light, agile, you want right. space. This car starts to rise to the top very quickly. But I don't think you can get them for your budget. This is
1: the hurricane build. Yeah. It survived so this, a hurricane. Exactly. This
0: is the the, the salvage title one. So be Yikes. careful of that. I don't think that's on the list. But I did think of three others. Okay. For 9 grand. Okay? Talking rear wheel drive, actual sports cars like focused sports cars. One, the Genesis Coupe. Get a first sure. gen Genesis Coupe. If you can get yourself the V6, the V6 is definitely better. The shifter on that is average. Mm-hmm. It's a nice place to be. I think the first gens have aged far better than the second gen, the refresh. Okay? Yeah, I agree. So Genesis Coupe is out there. That's a really good one. The Mazda RX-8. Oh, you can have your choice
1: for nine grand. Get as late in the build <laughs> as you can. Speaking of worse gas mileage and less reliability, yes, it's both welcome. of the
0: above. It's both of the above. I mean, you're going to have to get onto the forums and watch your oil consumption, and your gas mileage will not be good. Hmm. Uh, this is the downside. But yeah. they're out there. They are surprisingly usable. They are great to drive. They have that interesting rotary. You might. It's one of those things where you either drive one of those and you instantly get out and you love it, or you instantly get out and go, that's not for me. Sure. So the RX 8 is an option. And then the last one I have to say we've made some fun of this car because it's been around for so long, but it's working to Dan's benefit here. You could buy yourself a Nissan 370Z for nine grand. Are they nine grand now? Some of them are. There's not a lot. Is that the 40th anniversary, or the 50th anniversary? Exactly car? right. No, seriously, that's what's ridiculous. This is what's absurd: is you can get that car new right now for 45 to 50. But in season four, we did an affordable sports car that's episode, right. and one of the cars we had was the 2010 370Z because the guy that bought it was selling it for 10 grand when we shot the piece. That's right. And I was just looking. Recently on Auto Tempest, and here they were. I was looking nationwide, I will admit, but here they were a page worth of 370Zs. Now, a lot of times, unfortunately, mm. the ones that are cheap enough for you are roadsters. I would not recommend the roadster in that car. Agreed. Agreed. But if you can get the coupe, you get the coupe for nine grand, a 370Z that, frankly, unless you are a person that really knows the Z cars, everybody looking at it
1: thinks you just bought it because it looks like the new ones,
0: which yeah. now is to
1: your benefit. So 370Z, and I'm leaving it there. I like it. See, I don't like the 350s as much as the 300, the Z32, and the yeah. 370Z. I like those two bookends. 350s are great for robust
0: track cars where tons of parts are available. They are. That's why they they're are.
1: fantastic. I, just, I prefer the 370. But now
0: that the 370 is ten grand, get a 370.
1: Be done. Wow. Yeah.
0: If you like driving like us, you're always looking for your next track event. No matter what your skill level, motorsportreg.com makes it ridiculously easy for you to find and register for track events
1: all across the country. With over 7,000 events annually, it's the most complete events listing nationwide. And if you're an event organizer, Motorsport Reg will help you fill every event with tools that automate tasks, improve accuracy, and grow participation. Plus, there's a full-time support team who are there when you need them. Learn more and find events today
0: at msreg.com slash everyday driver. That's msreg.com slash everydaydriver.
1: We must get to questions mm-hmm. on social media. On Facebook, Damon Dickens says when you're on a forum or Facebook group, is there a, a car person etiquette regarding a question that goes something like this? Hey, so what do I have to do to change, you know, my car back to stock to get the turbo fixed under warranty? What what should I do to <laughs> Get, get the fix under warranty. He's asking us a moral question. Mm. <laughs> hmm. And you don't call them out for having integrity and saying you've got to pay to play and, yeah. you know, yeah. you changed whatever that was and it broke and, you know, that was kind of your fault. Do you leave it there or do you hmm. say something? This is a tough question i think, I think it's it, almost person to person but i really going. do think it's yeah. person to person it's really tough and you can't come in guns blazing and say blah blah blah, your fault da 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 mm-hmm. i do remember when the evo 10 came out yeah. right about the time yeah. that was you know huge popularity in the sti of the same generation sure sure yeah both those cars i believe were tracked by by their respective companies because when people would go to an SCCA event or they would track the daylights out of it and break something under warranty and they bring it back and they're like, I don't know. This part just failed <laughs> under extreme track driving of, okay. you know, sure. So there there wasn't the, uh, the delineation by car companies realizing that this is what needed to happen. They needed to either accept it mm. or, you know, just – say, no, no way. We're not, we're not warranting. You're saying defining
0: that they were aware that only those things would only have happened under tracking conditions, that kind of thing. Correct. They were, they were
1: defining that or they, they had to be open to it Mm -hmm. or they were building it to take the abuse. You know, they had to make all these decisions. So to be honest, it kind of depends. It depends on the situation and what that person is asking. If there's, you know, you can set the example and I'll, I'll go back to my dad. He's, you know, my favorite person ever and a leader in my life and somebody I looked up up to greatly. And he's always set the example Mm -hmm. and he's told me that. And then I'll forget. And I, if you do that with other people, I think they'll start to notice and just set the example, say, look, you know, I understand it costs money. On the other hand, you can't not know that you're Breaking your warranty. You can't yeah. yeah. You can't be oblivious to that
0: fact. This is such a such a forum online gray area because there's there have been court cases. I remember there was a famous one in California. There's been court cases where people have taken manufacturers to task and to court for the right to I bought your car, should be able to modify it and still be under warranty. And those cases in some situations have actually been won by the person that was suing the car company. Have they really? Yes. And if you, if you dig into any form for very long, somebody will list out the court cases, they throw this at them or whatever. Huh. Do you want to be doing all of this? Yeah. It's like that thing we talked about, about court cases recently. Do you need this much poison in your life? But the other part of it is uh, just as a general service announcement, um, you can't go on a forum and tell somebody else on the forum they're living their life incorrectly. True. You just can't do that. True. As much as you might want to, that is the wrong venue. If you know the person personally and you could talk to them about it, like person to person, standing there, sure. having a conversation at a cars and coffee. Still, step carefully. Best of luck to you. But on a forum, uh, that's the yeah. the your wrong approach of anything on a forum has never. Resulted in anybody's mind getting changed. So I think it's dangerous in that regard.
1: You know, Todd and I have always talked about whatever in any situation in life, you can talk about yourself all day long. You can say, here's what I do. You sure. can talk about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk yeah. about if this were me, this would be the things I do. They are welcome to disagree with that. But if you're talking about you, well, that that's it. Mm-hmm. There's no... Mm-hmm. You know, you're staying within your boundaries. You're saying, "Well, that's, that's just me." Yeah. You know, here's my. I'm not telling you advice, but here's here's me. Is what I do. Is
0: that lead by example thing you're saying. You're mm-hmm. saying that again. That's cool. I've got one from Driven to Distraction on Instagram. Says, "Okay, here's a random question that doesn't really relate to things we normally do, but we're not putting it on Podcast 500. We're putting it right here." <laughs> He's saying the opposite of what we normally recommend. What car would we buy specifically to not drive? To look at. To have to maybe take to a car show. Oh. It is essentially what car art would you buy and not drive? To not drive? And I thought of one. Really? Packards. Okay. Okay. I love the look, the presence of Packards. I didn't know that. I think they're awesome. Really? Every time I see them, I'm just like... That just has a presence that doesn't exist anymore from a brand that doesn't exist anymore. We, we saw that one, uh, we were in Arizona, we saw that one car museum, and we had three or four in there, mm-hmm. and we started noting specific details in the chrome. That oh, was a yeah. The Packard signature thing. Yeah. I don't know which one, I, I don't know them that well, but anytime I see a Packard, I feel like I can tell before I know that it's a Packard. And I'm not, it's yeah. not a car I need to drive. I, I don't care. I, I, I don't need to drive that. Sure. Now, sure. Down the block to a car show. So somebody can be like, what is that? That's a Packard. That's crazy. Maybe they, there were some with like the Indian head on the front.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. just, they're,
0: they're crazy and they're from another era. And I feel like Packards are the best blending of old luxury horse drawn coaches and cars. I feel oh. like the best blending of that was the Packards. Interesting. So that's my answer.
1: They were high-end and very distinctive for their day. Completely you so. You knew what yeah. to look for. They yeah, yeah. stood out like crazy. Yep. Love it. All right. Well, Richard Lindsay is asking on Facebook, what's the proper way to wash a car that's been ceramic coated? Does Grios have a product for that? Indeed, they do. His installer said that nothing should touch the surface, meaning rags, mitts, brushes, anything like that. Well, ceramic coating is really designed to protect your car from moisture, water. Mm-hmm. That's yep, yep. the whole reason you get it coated. And I know there's ceramic coatings out there. I, I am not the expert in ceramic coatings as far as all the brands and everything out there. I've heard prices as high as $1,500. But get this. The ceramic coating eventually wears off and has to be redone anyway. Yeah, true. true, true. Griot's has a three-in-one wax for a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. And you can spray it on paint, wheels, and plastic, and rubber, and chrome, and it's developed by them to their standards, which means you can wash it. I recommend that highly. They they yeah, know yeah. you're going to wash your car after yeah, using yeah. it. They know that eventually even wax wears off over time. Totally. Yeah. It just does. That's why you have to wax your car or you're, it's why yeah. you recommend it. So they know this, but... They have formulated their own at a far more reasonable price, and we're hearing a lot of people who are ordering it and using it and getting a fantastic result. It's pretty cool. In fact, there's
0: a picture I just put on Instagram of my Lotus from this past weekend when I had it parked outside and it rained, which yeah, is right. not really what you want to do with your Lotus because guess what? A car made in England and it leaks. But I have this amazing beading on the paint. Which
1: is what it's designed to which do. Which is
0: because I put the three-in-one on it. I happened to notice. I, took, I was looking at it took the photo. I was like, why does it look so good? I was like, oh, that's right. Last time I watched it, I used that.
1: So it actually worked. Who knew? Craziness. Yep. Here's the good news, Richard. It's also the easiest to apply. Of all those ceramic coatings, it's the easiest to apply. Cars and Comments has a
0: a fightin' words question, but I like it. I Uh like it. On Uh Instagram, he said, what do we think – and I hadn't heard this, but he explained it. What did we think of Doug DeMuro's recent comments about journalists who accept press cars or go on press launches? Essentially, Doug Mm. said Mm. that he thinks that accepting the free plane ticket in the hotel room and essentially to be wined and dined to drive the car – results in only biased and inaccurate reviews and people that do that are giving biased and inaccurate reviews. Well, first off, unless did Doug say he's no longer doing these because he's been on trips that we've been on too.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. So
0: is he deciding to no longer do this? That's part of my question. Plus he gets a lot of cars from dealers and other crazy places. But anyway, let me speak to this real quickly auto manufacturers have struggled with this in the last decade because what's happened in a lot of cases that we even had some press launches. We weren't invited to because they were concentrating on influencers that were lifestyle people and not car people.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Over the last decade, car manufacturers, as all of the social media stuff has risen, have tried everybody they can think of at press launches from Former race drivers who now write to car journalists like ourselves to influencers and lifestyle folks that don't even know really how to drive. We've even heard heard, by the way, that there were some lifestyle people that were at some press launches. They couldn't drive the car because the car only came in manual but they can do the photo still of them sitting know. in the car talking yeah. to, who knows if that was even true I don't
1: know what file folder in my head to it, store it, that information I don't know either like, where
0: does that go here, I don't here know. is the inherent problem we've talked about it on various ones of our videos we talked about it on the Camry video for example that was here in Park City where they took us uh, snowmobiling and they took us down the bobsled run and this is the danger mm. of these because there is an an unspoken suggestion We gave you a really nice trip, say nice things about our car. And some people do. Mm, Yeah. We try, like always, to find the good and the bad.
1: Yes, yes.
0: The thing I'll tell you that we don't like about press launches that we try to be even more careful about is what they do is they bring you all together. They put you in a room and they tell you all the talking points about the car. And then everybody goes out and repeats the talking points. Right, right. And so you get a bunch of reviews, video reviews or written reviews that are exactly the same information delivered almost exactly the same way because it was given to them almost verbatim that way. So we try very hard with our fast blast and other things to do something that still feels like us. We want to be candid. We want to be honest. But we also don't want to be like, this car is amazing. Yeah. We try really hard to still tell you things that we just don't think are working or that came out of the press launch where we go, wait, 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 wait. We'll get together afterward, after the briefing and look at each other and be like… Wait a minute. They said that, but doesn't it mean this? Yeah, right. Haven't they completely forgotten this obvious glaring reality? We have to mention that because you've got to be careful. I understand that a lot of people, especially the lifestyle folks, will just be like, this car is amazing because they got a free trip. We're very cautious of that because we know it exists, but we don't want to do it.
1: I agree with that. You and I have always told ourselves from the very beginning we want to be fair and honest and inform and Mm -hmm. entertain. Yeah. And that comes across in, in things we don't like, but we acknowledge, hey, the buyer that this car is going for, here's they might like that, whatever that is. But you're absolutely right. You know, We, we want to acknowledge that we're there, but also really come away with a fair assessment. And I think in doing so, the manufacturers appreciate that more. Hopefully, hopefully. Thomas Downey is visiting Hawaii in a couple months. That sounds great. Wants to rent something fun on Turo for cruising around the island. Is Miata the answer? I've got to agree with Ross Ballot. I don't think Miata is the answer here. Yeah, Ross is one of our writers. This is a really good answer, actually. He is. I think it is the Wrangler. Ross says Wrangler. Mm -hmm. And I agree because of maybe a little bit of unexplored area, but more so, you want to get this thing dirty and not care. Yeah, that's great. And pay great. the cleaning fee. Just pay the extra cleaning fee yeah. and be done with it. But you want to get it dirty, you're going to bounce around on the sand, you're going to bounce around on dirt and rocks and mud. And you just want to get in and out and just enjoy life and go exploring, not I I got to, you know, keep it clean. Plus, there's not that many good driving roads in Hawaii. There's True. one True. or two real good ones, but for the most part, it's not like a, you know, driver's paradise. True. It's a paradise in whole other category. I'll go you one better. I was
0: actually on a shoot. This is 10, 15 years ago. I was actually on a shoot. I was being paid as a cameraman to be in Hawaii. I know, terrible day. We wound up on Kauai, and I wound up driving. What am I doing here? Seriously. I wound up driving some people around in a Wrangler with only the, the bikini top thing that just, just right above your head. Sure. Everything else was off this thing. Over the course of driving for the shoot, We drove on the freeway where, of course, it was crazy. We drove down to weird beaches in the middle of nowhere that were down terrible roads. Wrangler was perfect. We drove while it was raining, and now it's sunny again. It was just because it's that constant room temperature. Mm -hmm. Everything's getting wet. You don't care. Wrangler's awesome for this.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's a last question on here from Felipe Rodriguez, who asks, if we are in Germany, would we consider doing a car gathering or fan meeting day? We would absolutely consider that. We will let you know and keep you posted. We've done it before, as Todd says, at the meet room. Yes. ME we had a meet-up at the meet room yes. in Frankfurt. Yeah, we'd love to do in it again. it be cool. We'll do something like that for sure. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. Really appreciate it. Keep asking because we will continue to get to them. And please send all your debates, your car conclusions, and your topic Tuesdays to everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And save up the crazy questions
0: because I'm telling you again, Friday's <laughs> podcast is 4 p.m. for us. It's 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific, we are taking all questions of all kinds. Bring it. Podcast 500.
1: Every 500 podcasts, we just do any questions, right? Thanks, guys, so much. Cheers, everyone.